Thanks for listening to the Community Bible Church Sermon Podcast. Pastor Dan Strutz here. Our desire is to connect people with Christ and community. For more info or to contact us, please visit cbcmountainlake.com. It's good to have faces back after traveling, after vacations, uh, for the holidays. It's good to have you guys back and kind of be back into 2018 and, and this new year. So uh, we now have uh, 52 Sundays in this year to worship and celebrate, and I hope that we can really enjoy them together as a church this year. Uh, this year uh, we are gathering and hoping that that song, that that thing that we just sang is our, is our request, that we can really call out not just that we need Jesus every hour, but really this year, Jesus, we need you as our Lord is our Savior, and I hope that that becomes our prayer as we go uh, through this morning and through all of this year. Last week, if you were here, uh, you will remember that we talked a little bit looking back at 2017. We, we reflected on remembering the events of the year, and we kind of looked at uh, remembering them in the promises of God and remembering them truly in what God has done and what He said, and so we reflected backwards. And today I want to reflect forwards or or think forwards uh, on this year ahead, this 2018 year, the first Sunday of the year, and and think about uh, what do we want from this year? What do we hope from this year? What are we looking to God for this year? Uh, And and one of the ways that we want to do that is to say, at the end of this year, I hope, if you're like myself, I hope that you're saying to yourself, I hope that at the end of 2018, when we gather here, I looked it up, December 30th, uh, of 2018, getting ready for 19, that we can say, wow, look at what God has done. Look at how he's grown me. Look at how he's, he, he's grown me as I've, I've gotten closer to him, as I've learned about him, and as I've connected and trusted him through thick and thin uh, throughout this year. I hope that those are the things that we're looking back on. One of the ways that people often will, will kind of start off the new year is with resolutions. I don't know if any of you are resolution makers. Uh, I, I dare ask a week into the year, how are you doing with them? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe you're doing well. Maybe you're not. Uh, but this year, as we, we, we are making things uh, or choosing to say, hey, I want to grow in this area or I want to uh, do this or not do this this year, I, I want us to be thinking about what are the resolutions, what are the things that we can add in there and say to grow closer to God, to walk with Him, to delight in Him more this year. One of the things that many of us may do, uh, I would encourage you to do it if you haven't already, is maybe say, hey, maybe I can have a plan to read through the Bible uh, or, or get more in God's Word. Maybe it's a year-long plan where I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year. That's what Suzanne and I, we're, we're going to attempt to do that together and, and kind of encourage each other in that. Or maybe it's just, hey, I'm going to take the month of January and each month after that to study a certain book of the Bible or or just, I'm going to read through the New Testament. Uh, whatever it is, I'd encourage you, and that's the, kind of the goal this morning, is to encourage us towards reading the Scriptures, towards finding God in His Word a little bit more this year. And one of the ways that we want to do that is not just by saying, hey, let's do it, but actually looking at the positives or looking at the, the, the why behind it. And one of the ways that we want to do that this morning is by going to Psalm 1. So if you open your Bibles up, uh, look at Psalm 1. It's the, the first psalm of the 150. It's, 
It's right there, kind of in the middle of our Bibles. The page for the Pew Bibles is going to be page 384. Page 384, and I want to read that in just a moment. Um, But this year, I want, as the screen says, that I want this to be a year of delighting in the Lord. I want this to be a year where we find ourselves growing in Him. And as I prayed about this year, I said, let it be that we are going towards His Word a little bit more this year. So let's thank Him for it. Let's thank Him that we have this book to read and, and that God reveals Himself through there. And then we'll read from Psalm 1. So will you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank You this morning that we can come and celebrate a new year. Lord, we want this year to be a year where we truly do delight in You. Where we find our peace, our joy, our comfort in You. And we thank You, God, that You have revealed Yourself through this book that we have in front of us. Through this book that we are looking into, You've shown Yourself uh, to the writers of this book and You've revealed to them truths about you, things that are, uh, can be known and studied so that we can grow to know you more. We thank you for that this morning, and we ask that as we look in Psalm 1, as we look at the promises that are there, may we be refreshed and renewed and encouraged that this year is a year where we can delight in this word and in you. As you speak to us through it. Thanks, Jesus, in the fact that you came, that you give us uh, through your grace and your goodness, uh, you give us your righteousness so that we can be heard by the Father and that we can make these requests, not to deaf ears, but to the Lord of the universe. Jesus, this is in your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 1. A calm. A common psalm that many of you may know, probably only uh, known more, the only one that's known more is maybe Psalm 23. So let's read Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that, are, that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Psalm 1. A fitting psalm because I think for many of us, if you are one that chooses to enter into a year-long reading plan, and, and maybe that reading plan divides it up where you're looking at a couple Old Testament places and you're looking at a couple New Testament places, oftentimes Psalm 1 is one of the ones that we read, as I did this year, on New Year's Day, the very first day of the year. It's the opening psalm that we read and we enter into, and that's fitting because Psalm 1 is kind of the gateway to all the other psalms. It's kind of the, the, the introduction to all the 150 psalms, and we could say it's kind of the introduction even to a lot of the scriptures that encourage us to delight 
in this word and delight in the law, in God, the one who's behind this book. So it's fitting that we maybe start off with Psalm 1. Psalm 1, as I said, is kind of the introduction introduction to all the other psalms. And, and within the rest of the psalms, we find things that really will connect with life as we study through them. There's all sorts of things in the psalms, and, and we could say that for the, all the scriptures as well. That there's songs and, and praises of, of joy and worship in the psalms. There's people that are coming and rejoicing and thanking God for who He is, what He's done. But there's also laments. There's brokenness. There's sorrow. There's anxiety. There's people that are crying out to God, God, I'm crushed. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm in need right now. We find that in this book. And as we reflect ahead or we think ahead of 2018, I am guessing that uh, there's most of us in here won't have 365 days of pure joy. And just our, our year will be perfect. And I, I'm guessing that there won't be, uh, there will be some of us, or none of us will have just 365 days of nothing but just brokenness and burden. There's going to be ups and downs. And it's fitting that we should look to this book and say that it has what I need for today and for tomorrow and this year. There's something there for me. But that requires us spending time with it. That requires us being in it and regularly going towards it and listening to the book and listening to the Lord and saying, God, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me in here that will continue to grow me? Psalm 1 is one that encourages readers to say, be like the blessed man here that's in Psalm 1. Loving the word, loving the law, and going forward in that. But before we get into that and seeing the blessing and the promise that is applied to us, we first need to take maybe pick apart, especially uh, the, the beginning part of what this psalm is doing and what the writer of this psalm is kind of contrasting and doing within this, le- this first chapter. So first we want to look at ch- verses 1 and 2. Blessed, he says, is this man. He, he gives us this man, a blessed man, a righteous man, we could say, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. So immediately we have this contrast, this, this separation of two different paths. One is the way of the blessed man, the, the righteous man, and the other is the wicked and, and those who are evil, those who are counter to God and his ways. And, and we see these two paths making divergent ways apart from each other. We need to see that. It's, it's contrasting this blessed man to the other men, the other people who are going after not God but themselves. But within this, even more, maybe if we dig a little further, we don't just see uh, wicked men as being the world out there, but and, and the blessed man being the church or the people in here. But what we need to see is this is all framed within the law. This is all framed within the God's law. And who is God's law for? It's for God's people to walk with him, 
to, after he had redeemed them and brought them out, it, it, it was an encouragement to say, this is what my people will look like. This is what I've done for you. This is what it means. And so when we look at this, it's interesting to think that this is in terms of the law and see that, that the people that are, are down the wrong path, the path that leads towards waste or the path that does not lead towards life, they're leading it knowing what the law is. They're, they're leading it, looking, knowing what the law is, we should see. And, and as God's people in, in the Old Testament, they would have known what this was, but yet they are walking counter to it. But the blessed man walks towards it, meditates on it, loves it, delights in it. And so we see these two paths, and we see how easy, what's going on here when we look at the wicked man, the, the unrighteous man who is, is there, it says, and is in the counsel of the wicked, is in the way of sinners, is in the seat of scoffers, and we can kind of pick that apart and say, what's going on here? It's in contrast to the law. So, so the one who is, is in this counsel, is in the, the way of sin, is in the seat of scoffers, what he's doing is he's looking at the law, God's law of what he has done and, and what it looks like to be his people, and they're looking at it and saying, I don't really need that. I, I, I'm, I'm going, uh, and, and I can counter, go against it. I, I don't need that. It, it's even laughable. It's something to scoff at. And, and so the blessed man, or the, the one who is walking towards righteousness, is resisting this progressively worse uh, way that the psalm is going through. Look at how this gets worse and worse. Walking in the council of wicked. It's kind of as if, those who are, who are the, the, the first part of this is, it sounds like a temptation to say, maybe I should walk or, or listen to, to this counsel, listen to this, this path that leads towards unrighteousness. I'm going to listen in to its counsel and say, is there anything for me here? Is there anything that's counter to God's law that I might be listening to and open to and just kind of be in conversation with? From there, it moves further. The person that starts to listen in and starts to kind of grasp and listen, walk to listen to this counsel suddenly now finds in place in, in the place of sin. They're standing there, being uh, becoming uh, against God's law and rebelling in sin against what God has put forth for God's people. And now, so much they've moved beyond. So now they're in the seat of scoffers. It's progressively snowballing worse and worse to the point where now this person who's walking down this path, is now seated, scoffing, looking at the law and saying, I don't need that. That's ridiculous. I, I don't delight in it. I even laugh at it. I mock it. I, I jest at it. I joke at it. But it contrasts it with the blessed man, the one who delights in the law, the one who meditates on it constantly, and at this point, what we need to ask is, who are we in this passage? Who are we in this passage? I, I think oftentimes we read this, and right away we want to say, well, I'm the blessed man. I delight in the law of the Lord. I, I, I have joy. I, I, I want to find it in this, and I meditate on it. That We want to put ourselves in the hero's seat. We want to put ourselves in the place of getting the blessing. But I think first we have to step back a little bit and say, uh-uh. I don't 
resist the counsel of the wicked all the time. I don't stand, I don't resist standing in the way of sinners. I don't resist sitting in the seat of scoffers. That is me naturally. I naturally move towards and away from God's way, God's law. That's who we are as broken people with sin in our hearts and in our way. We fall away time and time again. This is who we are. We aren't the blessed man at face value. We aren't first that person. We, we stumble and we don't delight in the law. We fall away again and again and again. It's interesting that the wicked are always in the plural in this passage. The wicked are plural. The sinner, the seed of scoffers, plural. Sinners, plural. All plural. Sounds awful like when we frame this in the idea of two paths. Sounds a lot like what Jesus said is, is that there's a wide road that a lot of people will go down and there's a narrow road that not many people go down. And we know that we like to go down the wide road, the easy road, the way that is counter to God's way and God's will. But again, the blessed man is singular. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Perfectly. Always. Forever. Who do we need to see as that blessed man first off? Before we we apply this to ourselves, we need to see that we can't do that. We can't fill those ways, and it's only because of Christ who was the righteous man. It's first Christ who ends up coming, and he actually did not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He walked down the path of righteousness. He walked towards God. He didn't sin. He, He loved the law. He didn't scoff at it. He moved towards and he delighted in the law of the Lord. He meditated on it day and night. It's Jesus who actually fills, fulfills this passage perfectly. First, foremost, and above us in grace and goodness and perfectness. So as we look at this and we, we study this passage, as we, as we think about what is this psalm trying to communicate to us, we need one that can be righteous, who is Christ. We need one who, who walked through the law perfectly, who became the law and knew no sin for us, so that we can even have a chance of being brought in and being righteous. For us, if we put our faith in in the fact that Jesus did this, if we put our faith in the fact that Jesus walked in this way of righteousness, that that he, in the end, can be like the tree that we'll see in a bit, that's planted and strong and firm and can't be torn down, what what we see then is, is if we put our faith in that, if we put our trust in him, then we're going to then be latched in and find his righteousness given to us so that we can walk in step behind him. That we can follow after him in his blessing. Now there's an eternal reality to that. We have to choose Jesus. We have to walk with him and, and, and say, yes, that, that I am a sinner, I am broken, and, and I, I usually tend to walk down this path of unrighteousness. 
We need to turn primarily for the first time and say, no, I, I, I can't get there. I don't have the blessing in my life. It's going to be a life of waste if I don't have Christ. And we make that turn and say yes to Christ. But I think for many of us that have said yes to that in the past, that have said yes to Jesus, what we need to hear in this is that that decision, that choice to follow and step in is a daily decision to say, I want to choose the path not of waste, not towards lawlessness, not towards against God, but I want to choose today a path that leads towards life, which is really following behind Christ in His footsteps. Daily. We could say yearly. We want to walk behind Him in life. And as we face 2018, I I think that that's an important thing to consider. How, How am I this year going to today and tomorrow walk not towards waste, not towards death, not towards lawlessness, but actually how am I today going to walk towards Christ and walk towards something that actually matters? Because at the end of the year, I think that's what we want, is we want to walk and say, Lord, I'm glad that this year that you've blessed me and that I've followed in you and, and through it something has produced that's of value to you. Are we willing to do that this year? Do we want to do that? Do we want to follow through? It says in verse 2 that his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And we can start to make the shift towards looking towards the Scriptures, but much more than that, I think what the, the idea is pointing there to is not just opening up the Bible, but actually looking for Christ, the one Jesus who said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. I am the law. I am the one who, who fulfills it perfectly, and in me you find blessing. So it's not so much just looking towards this book, it's looking for Christ in the middle of it and following after Jesus. So the question that we can ask then is we have these two paths, the path of, path of life that leads to waste, to nothingness, or the path that leads to life, these contrasting ways. We can ask what does, what steps lead down the path to life? What steps do we need to take? What, what things do we need to do this year as we, we again are reminded of the importance of seeking God through His Word revealed to us, through, through prayer and through action? What do we need to do? Three things that I have for us. First is more than reading a book, more than, than going and reading this book, we want to walk in repentance, prayer, and faith. We want to walk in repentance, prayer, and faith. We don't just pick up this book and read it, but but I think that there's a relationship in this book that we need to consider. That that as we open this book this year and, and think about it, we need to walk first, admitting that we we naturally, as I said, we naturally want to walk down that way. We naturally don't drift towards this book. We, we, we turn from it and we want to walk in the way of the wicked time and time again. We want to think about ourselves and not honoring God with our lives. We need to admit that. Repent and turn from it and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I haven't been 
chasing after you. And, and as I approach this book, I know that this, is, this book is kind of foreign to me in my natural sinful nature. In that, we move towards prayer, which is praying and saying, God, I, I, I need you, I need the Spirit to walk with me and open my eyes and let me hear what is in here, what is of you, what will help me in this life and in this 2018 year. And by faith, we trust that God is going to use our time in here and, and use us going and diligently trying to say, I want to delight in your word. I want this to be the thing that I, that I move towards and that draws me in a life that has purpose, has meaning, glorifies you. So we start by walking and picking up this book, repenting, praying before God and, and in front of this text, and by faith trusting that God is at work behind it. Now, sometimes we, we open this book and, and we just kind of think that it's just me and this book, but we need to remember in faith that God is working, His Spirit is helping us as we go through the things that we read in here. That's the first step, I think, to walk in that repentance, prayer, and faith. The next is that we, this, this book, it, it has to be, as we look this year, has to be more than just a task that we get done, but it has to be an act of meditating on what we adore. Okay? When we pick up this book or when we want to walk as the psalm is indicating in the life of blessing, in the, in the way of the man who finds blessing, we need to move beyond just finding a checklist and, and, and just crossing off our to-do. But we want to actually meditate and delight in God through this book. Look at verse 2 again. A couple things here. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Almost always when I read this really fast, I want to say, he delights in the law of the Lord. But that's not what it says, is it? It doesn't say that he delights. It says, his delight is in the Lord. Now that might seem different, but what's interesting to note here is delight isn't a verb. It's a noun. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a thing to grasp. It, it, his delight is in the law of the Lord, meaning it's not just among other things that we delight in, like you might delight in your kids as they go out and they, they do some nice chore or something or try to help you with something. It, it's not a, a delight like, hey, when we, we go and we, we delight in the fact that our football team wins a game. No, what it's saying is our delight, our singular Delight, the thing that is above anything else that we delight in, in our walk, if we want to find this blessing that's found in Christ, has to be in the law of the Lord. This word which reveals Christ and reveals God's love story for us, it should be the thing we adore above all other things. It needs to be the thing that we elevate above everything else in our day-to-day lives. And from there it says that he meditates on this law, on the thing that he adores. That what we should be doing is meditating on it day and night. And what we hear in that is, or what comes to mind when we hear meditating is maybe that we let it kind of simmer in our minds a little bit, right? 
Is that what you are thinking when you hear that word? When I looked into it, and what I find interesting is that the word meditate there, when you go in and dig a little bit deeper and scratch beneath the surface on on meditating, the word actually means some audible noise. It's not just that I'm thinking on it, but it actually is defined as this. It's, It's to coo, growl, mutter, speak, or proclaim. It's not just sitting around and and contemplating. It's actually reciting it and letting it come out of our mouths and being heard and and proclaimed and said. It's kind of like when I say this. Maybe when we have a song in our head like, this is the song that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friend. Okay? That is going to be stuck in your head all day. You might find yourself whistling to it later. You might find yourself humming it later. You might find yourself just pondering it or or singing it, and you're saying, no, Pastor Dan, why did you let that into my head? You're going to be meditating on it. And that's what we should find in the Word, is that, that we should find things like that, the verses that speak of Christ and what He's done. We should hear that in our head throughout the day, that verses and, and songs and psalms and things should be coming in our head, and all of a sudden we find ourselves just letting it spill out. We're meditating on it then, as the psalm says. It's interesting that the psalms is really a songbook, that, that these words and these things that are written in the 150 psalms are to be sung and proclaimed and that is they are to be meditated on and rejoiced in and proclaimed. So when we approach this book, when we approach this story about what God has done, we want to allow it to saturate in so much that it's overflowing from us and that we hear it proclaimed from our lips. Our final step The first one is that repenting prayer and faith. And now we're acting and meditating and adoring on it. The question is, what are we looking for? Oftentimes I think that we we think of just this text, the the Bible, that that it's just a bunch of rules, it's just a bunch of stories, it's just some dated material from way back. But what we actually need to see is that we are trying to look and hear God's gospel hope throughout this book. That in it, that when we look and we're meditating on this, we're looking for the gospel. We're looking for Christ and what he did. We're not just trying to look for some feel-good moment, but we're looking for the grace that God has provided through Jesus. In your readings for this week in the bulletin, I have Luke 24. A verse where Paul or Jesus points to himself as he's risen now and he's, he's going in, into, uh, about to ascend and go to be with the Father. But he says in Luke 24, at the very end of the chapter, he says these things. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of, the Mo- of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Says in verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, This thus it is written that the king, Christ should suffer and on the third day be raised from the dead, that the repentance from the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. 
Do you know what he says there? He says everything written in the law of Moses, the, the law, the, the things in Genesis and Exodus, and, 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 and even moving forward into, through, all the way through Samuel where David is, the things written in, in the, the prophets, the things that predict forward and, and, and call the people of Israel out to repent of their sins, or even what we're talking about today, the Psalms. Jesus says, they all point to me. They all direct towards me, and they, they're fulfilled in me. And so when we're looking through this text, when we're searching this out, we're, we need to be searching out, where is Jesus in this? Christ, Jesus, where, where are you the hero of this story? So that we can understand his gospel. So we can understand and be, have something for us to walk through this day, meditating on him and his goodness and his favor towards us. So that we can proclaim it, it says. He said, he opened their mind to the scriptures so that they could know and that they could proclaim and they could lay, tell others about him. We need to be searching out Christ in this book daily. Then we get to the promises, God's work. Moving down into verses 3 and 4, and I, this is kind of where we're going to land with <laughs> Uh, verses 3 and 4 here, in, in the middle of the psalm, kind of at the heart of the psalm, what, what the promise is, is as we find blessing, as we, we walk in and meditate in Christ, as we, as we understand that we, we're not naturally doing this, but, but we, we depend on the Spirit, on God, to, to pull us in and to follow in the footsteps of Christ down this path of life, what we find there is a great blessing, a tree, that we get to be like. Or more, when I read it, what I think should be heard is that Christ is like this tree. And we should hear some of the other things that are, are spoken later of Christ where we are grafted in, we are brought into this tree, and we are part of this tree planted by a stream. A couple things to note here. This is God's work. This is God's work uh, in the lives of his people. And this is God's work over time. He, he says that, that he's going to work in the lives of the wicked and they're going to be blown away. But as for God's people who are found in this, who are found in blessing, God is going to work to bring good things. We can note that the tree is planted. That we, it, it's not us who plants it, but God plants the tree, and we are part of it so that in its season it can bear fruit. It can, it can prosper. It can have life abundantly. What's to note there? As far as, as we're thinking about 2018, and we're thinking about wanting to be part of that tree and grow and, and prosper and bring fruit out this year, I, I think what we need to first hear is that it says that it happens in its own season. Many of us look out and we know that there's a bunch of farm fields around us. We know that, that planting will happen in the spring, but we also know that it's not going to happen overnight. That in season, something a plant will grow up and it will bring fruit and it will bring produce from it in time. It's not going to happen right away. 
So my encouragement as we're considering and thinking about going to this book and looking for Christ, that we need to be reminded that this happens and the fruit happens in God's time, not ours. Be reminded of that as we step into, maybe even if you're doing, trying to get into God's Word again this year. Be reminded that the fruit isn't going to happen overnight. But it's the long, steady drink like the roots of that tree planted by the river that's going to eventually bring up life. The life that we see in there, it speaks of this plant planted by the streams, yields its fruit in season, its leaf does not wither, that there's life in this tree, it doesn't die. It's sustained in a dry climate, in a place where we might assume is probably more desert-like than Minnesota-like. That, that it needs this river of life and that it's drinking from that. In the same way, in our lives, in the world that we're walking in, which really is dry, we can, of God, and, and doesn't have life in it, we need to continue to drink deeply from God so that we can have life. There's some of you that I, I know are having difficult times in your life, that are having difficult seasons or, or issues, and I might ask you, how are you holding up in that? How are you holding up in, in this hardship in your life right now? And sometimes I hear the words, it's not good, I'm wrestling, it's tough, it's difficult right now. I, I, I'm, not really, I'm not really getting through this, it's, it's really tough. And I might ask, how is your time with this right now? How is your time spending time in, in, in with going to live yet living water, looking towards Christ and listening to Him and hearing what He has for you. I think for oftentimes, proportionately, if we're spending time here, we're going to find life even in the difficult, dry seasons. One other thing to note, and I think this is important for us to be reminded when we look at the psalm because I think we often get this and miss. The one who's like a tree, planted by streams of water, that yield its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The idea of prospering is bearing fruit. It's seen that the tree's purpose to bear fruit is happening. It's working. Sometimes we hear this word in the psalm and say, we prosper, and we think of, well, things will go well in my life, and that, that things will be good, and that I will be prosperous in my job and my family and etc etc but that's not what it's talking about because if we look at a tree we know that an apple tree doesn't grow apples for itself an apple tree grows apples so that it can plant other apple trees right it grows seed and fruit to produce something that is for other people that is outside of itself in all that he does, he prospers. Meaning, we're going beyond ourselves. That as we're spending time here, we're going to see prospering in the fact that we are producing kingdom-worthy stuff for God, the one who wants to grow in his kingdom. And we're going to see fruits in other people's lives that they are growing in God as well. We want that. We desire that. 
And in this 2018, I hope that we do find ourselves prospering for God, for the kingdom, and find ourselves prospering in other people's lives and growing them towards Jesus and turning them and encouraging them. And I think it starts with this book, which points to Christ. The one who we trust has given us his righteousness that we walk now walk in. Some of us do well in that. Some of us, spending time here, walking with Jesus in this, is not a problem for you. And I would encourage you, if that's you, then don't keep that to yourself. Encourage other people to get into this book. Encourage other people with what you are learning, with what you are drinking up, and and the life that you're finding. Encourage others with, hey, I've been reading this. Uh, Let me encourage you with these verses or, or this thing that I'm learning about God and about Christ. For others of us, we're terrible at getting into this book. For others of us, we, we want to, we wish we could go in there and we wish we could find uh, God's Word, but, but, but we don't. And, and I would encourage you, by grace, to say, you know what, don't beat yourself up about it. But tomorrow, pick yourself up. Open up this book and say, God, what do you have for me? I, I'm sorry I don't go here enough. So this morning, as we think about that and as we draw into the idea of going to God's Word and and looking for Christ in it, I want to encourage us to grow in this, to be encouraged by the psalm and say, you know what? Thankfully, it's not us, first and foremost, that is the one that delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on it day and night. That was Christ. And in Him, we can get caught in His wake, we follow in Him, and we know that He loves us and cares for us, and we want to walk in His ways. This morning, we want to do that. We want to remember Him, uh, and we want to turn to His Word. But also, we want to turn towards the Lord's Supper. And this morning, as we go towards remembering Him, I want to encourage us uh, with the fact that He, by His grace, showed us His love, and the cross, and uh, that he is going to, this year, bring life to us as we seek him and remember him. Let me pray for us, and then we'll go through the instructions for that. Father God, we thank you this morning that it's by your goodness, your grace, That you walked not in the counsel of the wicked, Jesus. That you didn't stand in the way of sinners. That you didn't seat in the seat of scoffers. But you walked towards the cross for us. You are the righteous one. And we turn to you and we ask, Lord, that we can become more like you in our path of discipleship. Father God, we thank you this morning that we can uh, hear from you and be reminded of the importance of the scriptures and be reminded that we want to not just read some words on a page, but really to go to a book to get to know you. Lord, you've revealed yourself. We trust that you will continue to reveal yourself 
so that we can find life in 2018, so that we can produce fruit for your kingdom in 2018, so that this life that we walk is, is not worthless, but that it has something that's glorifying to you. It's by your power that we ask that to happen. In your name, Jesus. Amen.